Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Lorenzen. We're coming to you live from the comforts of our home offices while Karen Nowicki is producing the show at Phoenix Business Radio X inside Max 6. A lot of us are all around the country, so we're all in different time zones we were just talking about. Um, so I want to introduce you to our guest today, and I will give you guys a little bit of a background. We have so many different uh, industries. Um, well, a lot of us are in marketing, um, but we come from different backgrounds. We have different businesses. All of us are business owners. So I invited all of my guests today to be on with me because they have a good, I think they're going to have a good connection with each other. And I know my clients will love hearing from all of them and want to hire them <laughs> after we have the, the show. So welcome everybody to the show. Uh, I'll start with you, Dina Patton, CEO of the Dina Patton Consulting and Training. Thank you. Coaching. I say consulting because that's mine. That's bad. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about you and then I'll give, or you can tell about yourself and then I'll tell you the connection. How about that? Yeah, sure. So I just celebrated my 20th year of my coaching and training company and uh, love serving uh, leaders and business owners and helping them build their business systems, marketing and leadership. And I love what I do. Thank you so much for being on. And we met, Dean and I met at the uh, Girls World Foundation nonprofit in Arizona, helping girls ages 12 to 18 um, learn the leadership skills we wish we would have known when we were kids. And I loved serving on your board and getting to know you and, and, uh, and have hired you to help me. So I'm appreciative of that. So that's the background of how we know each other. Yes. Suzanne, can you introduce yourself? Suzanne McDonald, thank you for joining us. And, uh, and then I'll give the reasoning why we know each other. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I My name is Suzanne McDonald. I am the founder of, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I guess I should say that. Um, my company is Angles and Insights, and we are marketing solutionists and education innovators. I'm also the founder of Newport Interactive Marketing Networking Learning Community, which is 10 years strong. Um, we bring in expert speakers to help guide small businesses um, and build collaborative connections between digital marketing experts. And I am also the founder, along with Marissa, of ROI in You, which takes, it builds from Newport Interactive Marketing's digital experts and offers a transition between, let's say, a journalism degree or a marketing degree to being able to work very well at an agency and land a job very quickly. So that's the that's a little bit about me. Thank you for being on with me. I always uh, build each show around uh, a client and then pick others that I think will uh, collaborate collaborate well with each other. So Suzanne and I work together over the last couple of months working on the RYMU and it is an amazing course for recent graduates who want to have a marketing job after and I cannot wait for 
to hire those interns, to hire those <laughs> recent graduates after they go through your program. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of interest from our agency partners, which has been fantastic. I think a lot of people are in that, a lot of agency owners and small businesses are in that situation where they could really use the help, but it just takes a lot to onboard, especially virtually. And the way the course is structured is to let them, let a recent grad or someone who's current career transitioning um, quickly get up to speed in a work remote position. So exciting. <laughs> and Marissa, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about you? You and I are new to each other. I'm excited to meet you. So welcome. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to meet you. And thank you very much for having me. Right. So, so yes, I've been working with Suzanne. My background is in um, higher education. I have a PhD in the history of medicine. Uh, that kind of started me on my current uh, role and my current company, which I just started. So um, in the last year, and that's working with students on educational and uh, professional goal setting and navigating those transition points between high school and college and college and what's next, whether it's grad school, internships, or um, their first jobs. So, and I guess my background in higher ed, I've also on the journey toward my PhD, I did a lot of other things as well, including being a consultant and working in the yachting industry and shipping out in order to fund my PhD. So I work with students uh, who maybe are facing some obstacles about how to navigate them or if it's a long-term goal, how to uh, put the right steps in place and be flexible uh, also. But just that kind, adding that kind of support, I think, to a student is, is really critical, especially with some of the challenges we're facing today. And I know a lot of people are facing some, some new obstacles in 2020. Uh, but I'm really excited because another um, aspect of my company has been working with Suzanne and translating expert knowledge um, into online course material. And so taking working with subject experts like Suzanne, small business owners and solopreneurs to form online courses and to make their expert knowledge uh, digestible and accessible for students. So exciting. And you have a huge background all over the world, it sounds like, from, um, from I think Yale right here. And then you traveled abroad and did all that. So what a cool background to be able to kind of give, bring that, you know, worldly knowledge to students if they didn't get to do that, right? Or relate to the ones that did want to go and, you know, be and, and travel and all that. And like, okay, now what are we going to do? <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and a kind of, you know, everything in good time approach too. I probably wanted to, to go abroad very early on, even in high school, but was really in that situation to do so. So it took many years, but just figuring out those steps and seeing how everything kind of works out together and works out for the best. Sometimes people need a little bit of perspective from somebody who's experienced that. Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am excited to have you all on. And as you can tell, we're all passionate about young people. We're passionate about helping people get into marketing careers. And um, I'm excited for the conversation. So Dina, can you tell us a little bit about your business? And uh, we'll go round robin. And along the way, um, I've, I've uh, told everybody that I'm offering um marketing tips for, you know, you've had a lot of experience in marketing and sales and coaching. So if you want to throw in some stories or some tips also, that would be great. So can you give us a little bit of, of your background and, and what you're passionate about and what you're doing right now? Yeah, well, 
My journey started um, in the entertainment industry in New York City. And I fell upon, um, I was working in in Broadway and I came across the marketing and PR department and there was something magical about it. And I just thought it was so cool and so powerful and so creative to tell people's stories out in the world. And I got involved with that marketing uh, marketing division. And um, at the young age of 24, I thought, I can do this. I'm going to open my own PR marketing company. And I did. And um, it was very successful in New York. And at 27, um, it, I actually sold it. And it became a global internet company that uh, market, markets Broadway and off-Broadway internationally. And it's the number one site in the world in its industry. And so it was a very fast entree into the world of marketing and PR. And then the first year of internet, jumping on that and really building out a website that did it on scale that no one's ever seen before. You know, when you're in marketing and PR, for the most part, it's local. You know, you want that, those clients locally, sometimes nationally, but to scale something like we did in 98, you know, um, so after I sold that, helped them build that, then I opened my own uh, business coaching uh, business. And it's just, I really focus on eight areas of business and uh, three of the eight have to do with the marketing and sales piece. And, you know, it's a piece that a lot of people are really scared of, or they resist, they don't like, they're uncomfortable. And for me, one of my biggest, you know, I, I would say, um, just, you know, uh, satisfactions of being a, a coach is helping someone systemize their marketing, systemize their sales, and transforming their mindset around it so they're completely powerful and clear around their marketing and sales because a lot of people, it scares them. So um, so it's real, you know, and it's where our revenue comes from. You, you're building a hobby. If you don't have marketing and sales in your business, you're building a hobby, not a business. So I just, I really think I'm really passionate about people making the income and the impact that they want in their business. And you can't do that without marketing and sales. So it's just a piece that I'm super passionate about. I mean, I have a million stories <laughs> of, of people, you know, scared or, uh, around it, getting those tools, getting those systems, and then building million dollar businesses because of it. So that's what I love. We're getting, you know, I find, and you and I talked about this, we get so stuck in our business that we're not thinking about the bigger picture, right? So why not outsource to somebody else? Why not, you know, have the help, bring in the help from somebody else? So I loved having you help me and I'm I'm ready to, to have you help me again, um, you know, have put a couple of those systems in place, right? We do it, we do, we can do it all day long for our clients, but, but doing it for our own businesses, it's, you need that outsource. You need that other person. Yeah. And marketing is what's great is once you get some foundational elements in your business, you can outsource um, marketing and sales, but as, you know, as a CEO, these small businesses, the, you start a business with just yourself and maybe one employee and then another and another, but yet all of us, you, you still have all those hats. You know, so many entrepreneurs are so overwhelmed 
And marketing is a big piece of that overwhelm. And sales is a big piece of that overwhelm. So to be able to outsource that to other people and, and trust that um, and create the system so that you can outsource is a really important piece of having a small business. Absolutely. And I know Suzanne knows a lot about that. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about that. Good transition. Suzanne, tell us a little bit about, you did talk about NIM, as we call it for short, right? Mm-hmm. Um, networking piece. Tell us a little bit, and we talked about ROI and you is the, um, you know, where recent graduates can go through your program and then I get to hire them <laughs> to help me yes. do the marketing stuff. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about Angles and Insights and how you started. Kind of some sure. Of yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, you know what they say when you're, when you're writing, you can't edit your own work because you can't see it. I think the same is true of marketing, right? Like you're just so close, you can't really see it. And I think in particular, um, it's it can be challenging for women, especially, right, because we've just been sort of socialized that it, it's hard to talk about yourself and to promote yourself. And it's so helpful just to have somebody else be like, no, oh, this is this is amazing. Like, you should definitely do this. And, you know, you need a cheerleader here and there. But my uh, my background is I spent 15 years in daily newspapers. And uh, I took a voluntary buyout from the Boston Globe 12 years ago. You know, I, I'm based in Rhode Island so that I could live in Rhode Island and have my family here and yeah, just do that location independent thing. Um, when I when I left, it was right before the Great Recession, um, which was challenging, similar to what students are facing right now or recent grads are facing right now, young professionals. But it also created a great opportunity for me to really learn and so I focused on learning search engine optimization and getting found in Google. And then right about that time is when social media really started becoming a business tool. So learning or teaching myself, going to conferences, figuring out all those pieces. And uh, Newport Interactive Marketing arose from, um, I made all these great connections at conferences and I thought, oh, you know, it'd be great to get some of these speakers to come and speak and not have to drive to Boston, which is a good hour and a half away you know, every month I was going to a lot of networking events up there. And so I started Newport Interactive Marketing thinking, well, maybe six of us will get together and talk shop over dinner. And uh, that happened maybe once. And then the next time it was like 20 people. And then, you know, regularly up until COVID, we were meeting in person, 30 to 50 people, um, 10 times a year. Once a year, we would do a mega networking event um, on top of a roof of a prominent historic hotel down in downtown Newport with like these great views over the water and the Harbor. Um, and we would have 200 people come to that, but it's been a really great resource, not just for me and for educating myself, but also for small businesses who may be, um, you know, so small that they can't really outsource yet or small enough that they may be outsourcing, but they need to educate themselves on whether or not they're working with the right consultant, because as we all know, there's a lot of snake oil out there. So it's it's an important piece. Um, and then there's this whole other group that benefits of marketing professionals like ourselves, who, you know, oh, I need someone to do local SEO. Who do you know who, you know, specializes in this type of graphic design? I just had a question yesterday about um, like retail e-commerce shelf optimization. And I was like, I've never even heard that term, but I probably know somebody who does. 
you know, so here you should talk to Anna and uh, just to have this amazing infrastructure of subject matter experts and professionals that has been huge. And I think um, that's, it's taken me 12 years to build that. But one of the great benefits of Newport Interactive Marketing, Networking Learning Community, or ROI and you is you can quickly jump into that and get all the benefits of having all these experts in your back pocket. Yeah, and it overflows right in each into each of your businesses. It kind of helps each of the you know each of them out, right? That's yeah, nice, really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing, and a lot of um, we've seen in the past ten years a lot of new agencies grow out of Newport Interactive Marketing, right? Knowing like, oh, okay, um, I'm a content strategist, and and I know that I can rely on these people, so I can offer more services as an agency has been really um, helpful to boost businesses and be able to offer more greater expansion of services than let's say, oh, I only do local SEO. Yeah. Yeah. Beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. It's been really fun. Nice. Marissa, tell us a little bit more about your um, consulting business and and maybe give us an example for listeners, you know, if they have a child who's in high school or um, a child who's in um, college or just graduated. Okay, now what? We need to help them, right? A lot of them need a little push, little guidance. I, a little push. I like to think that um, I certainly, I, it's funny, um, I have an older brother and he had, when he graduated from college, absolutely no idea what he wanted to do. Um, and he moved to Boston and he's, you know, started working in finance and, and, you know, he's absolutely fine. And he eventually got there. I was very much the opposite though. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but knew that it was going to take a little bit of time. So I became a consultant first for two years, um, working in downtown Boston. And then, but the whole goal was to fund graduate studies at Oxford. I had done um, a semester abroad at Oxford while I was a student at Yale and just absolutely fallen in love with the place. And, you know, like (laughs) 20 year olds do, or, you know, just that I'm coming back. I don't know what that means for a career path, but I'm going to get a master's in the history of medicine. So so that was my take on it, but it did. It took two years of of hard work um, and a kind of, uh, actually it was, I was working for a healthcare consultancy um, doing disease management. So something completely different, but what a vital step it was for me to take that and realize "Mm, not, not really for me, I'm going, you know, to down the academic path anyway. So that's okay. But also it was great in terms of learning how to work with people, things that I actually then was, did use in my master's and then eventually in my PhD as well. And in other career, uh, other jobs that I took on in the meantime. So I, uh, I, I would use that as an example with a student about, you know, sometimes it's just a case of getting out there in the working world getting your feet wet, realizing even if it's what you don't want to do, you come back to that original goal with more resolve. And and if anything, it kind of focuses you a little bit in terms of your interests and your skills. So uh, one thing I do with students is work on application management, Um, again, sometimes, and just breaking down these really long-term goals. So if a student, I have one student who's applying for graduate school next year. It's actually not that long-term a goal, but he's now looking at, we're doing a comparative analysis of graduate schools. Where do you think, and especially this year, it's kind of difficult to do from afar, 
So uh, where do you think you'd like to live for that period of time? And, and kind of looking at all of the small decisions that make up one really big decision. I think that's really important. Um, that's certainly, certainly something I learned in a PhD in order to attain something like a five-year plan or a five-year goal, you have to break it down. Um, it's, you know, it seems really essential, but often people have a hard time just getting past the first step of what do I want to do? So it's just setting these small manageable goals and holding a student accountable for them as well. It's not necessarily things that your parents couldn't tell you, but sometimes <laughs> parents can't tell you those things. Because um, there's a lot of um, tension and it, it gets very fraught, I know, in households when there are conversations about the future. So it's the idea of being a kind of objective third party with also experience um, in different industries and also um, higher education as well. So that's kind of what I bring to the table. So yeah, just working through those, those big long-term goals or for example, application management, how you go about starting something like that. And I know especially college and undergraduate applications are a uh, subject that there has been a lot of chat about lately, but um, it's more about managing the process of it. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's hard enough for um, somebody our age trying to go, you know, apply for a job, right? <laughs> We're trying to manage all of that. But can you imagine somebody who would have not had any of that experience and now they're trying to manage all of that? It's nice to have somebody to help them with that. It's not their parent and bugging them, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it needs to come from a different source. Yeah. Well, and if, if you think about it, right, other than what's a bigger, because my sister went to grad school and was having some doubts halfway through and she's like, I'm going into all this debt. And I was like, that's, that's the same amount of debt that people spend on a car. Like, you know, this, yes, it seems like an enormous amount of debt, but relatively speaking, and what is that going to do to further you in your career? And halfway doesn't get you the car, right? It gets you like a steering wheel. <laughs> so where are you going to go with the steering wheel? But I think it's important to think about what would a huge investment graduate school in particular or undergrad really is. And to have someone like Marissa really guide you through that process. Um, you know, one of my roles is I'm board president of a school that I founded and it's an elementary school, right? But like helping parents understand what's involved and what's what's a reasonable expectation, right? If you haven't done it before, um, it's really helpful to have somebody like Marissa who has done this many, many times um, and to get her expertise. And, and again, like you said, Kelly, the, the nag factor, right? Or is what I call the, the parental fight factor. Um, and I'm not even there yet. My, my child's only going to be eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> and probably sooner than later. <laughs> As I'm seeing with my freshman year in high school, I can't imagine trying to to uh, help him help him with that without getting you know him frustrated and rolling his eyes at me every five seconds. It's like it's it's basically outsourcing just like we would with Tadina, you know, just like outsourcing to a coach, outsourcing to um, you know somebody to teach you the you know put the strategies in place, right? or learn outsource to Suzanne, you know, to have you help them learn the skills or outsource to me if you don't have time to do it and I'll just do it for you, you know, um, have the, you know, it's just outsourcing. It's, it's the same thing for, for the kids, like have somebody else help with that. So you can maintain your, uh, relationship 
right? You know, it's, it's, Dina, I'm sure you see that with a lot of your clients as they start to grow and they're trying to have help and they're trying to have their spouse help or this person's help. And what do they say? And what are they, you know, who's saying what? And I'm sure you're like, okay, <laughs> let's leave them alone and let's focus on, you know, your goals. And same thing, I'm sure Marissa, you know, like your five-year goals, what's your one-year goal? What are you doing right now? I mean, it all kind of goes together. I mean, the main main takeaway for me is it doesn't matter what you're involved in, <laughs> whether, you know, what kind of business you're in, if you're a student, if you need a coach or, or marketing, it's like just outsource it. Just have somebody else help you. <laughs> well, it, it, you're speaking to what I call your brilliant lane. You know, we all have so much brilliance and so much greatness but when it gets super diluted and strained and stretched, it's, it's, it's not valuable, right? It's not alive. And so one of the biggest pieces, I mean, outsourcing, teaching people how to outsource and hire the right outsource partners and contractors is, you know, a big piece of that. But why the why behind outsourcing, I think is really important because to keep a CEO in their brilliant lane is where the business grows. I have seen so many businesses double, triple, scale nationally, internationally, however, however that growth looks, because they start to own their brilliant lane. And whether that's outsourcing marketing or outsourcing hiring, I have a client right now, they only have seven employees, but they're, they're hiring two to three per year. And you, if you all know, hiring is super stressful. It can be months by the time you write the ads, do the interviews, hire them and onboard them. It's a month. So, it, and it can be very derailing for someone in your business, whether it's you or someone else that isn't in HR. So the key to outsourcing is the why behind it. It's because not only do I want the CEOs and business owners to be in their brilliant lane as often and as much as possible, that's where this business has the biggest impact and and how you create the biggest income. But the same thing with your employees. Um, In fact, ironically, in 20 years, I've never had a Boston client and I have two right now. (laughs) but but one of them you know they had that huge realization of like oh my gosh we've got to outsource so that all of us and the smaller the team you have the more important everyone is in their brilliant lane it's so important that's where your business grows but it's opposite. People's mindset is opposite. It's like, let's see how many stuff, how much stuff we can put on their plate. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not where you get brilliance and grow a great business. Not at all. I know. I said to my girls, my girls, we call them my girls, (laughs) my team. I said, there is no reason why we shouldn't all be doing what we love So don't, don't, you know, if you don't, if there's something that I'm giving you that you don't love to do, or you're not good at, tell me, I'll move it. I'll, I'll, I'll hire somebody else. I don't want them, you know, hitting their head against the wall (laughs) and, and what, you know, wasting their time and getting frustrated or, you know, 
there's no reason for it. I'm like, if you don't love it, then, then let's move on. You know, I'll, I'll hire somebody to do that. And you tell me what you love and let's keep going. (laughs) So then you had something you were going to say. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say, um, I hear that all the time from my small business owners who are part of Newport Interactive Marketing, like, oh, I really need an intern. And for the most part, I say, you know what, unless you have a plan ready for them, that you can hand them a booklet and say, this is what I need you to do this week, today, this month, and and have it mapped out for the next quarter. It's going to be really hard. It's going to take a ton of your time to manage that person. And that's one of the components of ROI and you is we have a practicum section um, where they're working with small businesses so they can really exercise the skills that they've learned, you know, so it's a seven week course and then it rolls into a month ish long internship working with a really small business so that it's like, okay, now apply everything you've learned. So when you go into the agency, you're like, oh, okay. Like, first of all, they know what you've accomplished independently Um, But also that you can bring ideas to the table. This is what worked well in my internship. And then in my cohort, you know, another intern tried this or that or whatever. And to, because I think one thing that is particularly true of agencies and, and in marketing, I was just saying this yesterday, there's no perfect answer, right? Like it's kind of, you make, you make a, you make a hypothesis and you test it, right? So I think a lot of um, higher ed is built around, Mercy. you can comment on this better, but from, from having taught semester-long classes, um, there's a lot of pressure of like, okay, this is the structure, this is what you need to do, and a lot, it's very prescriptive. And then when you get into the working world, particularly with digital marketing, it's, it's like the opposite of prescriptive, right? You kind of take a, take a shot and see how it, uh, see how it works out. But I just think it's it's really interesting um, how all that has evolved. Yeah, I know it is, and you can't keep up with it. I just I just did a blog post. Like everybody asks, what should I be doing for marketing? Well, I can give you the timeless things. You know, you should always show up. You should always be consistent, right? You, you everything's changing constantly. So, like you said if they learn something in school and then, you know, a year later, they try to go get a job at a marketing agency, that particular thing may not have translated very well. Right. So they've got to be completely outdated. Yeah. And the soft skills you guys teach, you know, with the course, um, which I know either of you could probably talk about uh, is not something you learn in school either. Right. Yeah, I can speak to that a little bit. I think that was what was so critical about working in those soft skills and making sure that the course was as interactive as possible and a lot of emphasis on team building, um, time management, uh, responding to criticism, interacting even with a kind of high level um, business owners. So all of these skills, soft skills are kind of baked into the course. And it's something that we're really excited about because it's really throwing the students into what it means to work as a, as a marketing team. Um, and it's wonderful. And especially again, taking into account how everyone's working remotely as well, it is what they will be doing. And uh, in terms of presenting and the goal is at the end of the course to have a client ready portfolio of work that they've produced as well. So they're really kind of 
getting to play around and and work through a bunch of issues and learn a bunch of skills and then take them and and grow and grow and grow. And as um, Suzanne mentioned, that's, you know, through both the coursework, which leads to the internship and then leads to placement, hopefully. So that's awesome. Well, just even having a little bit of the training taken off our plates, right, as business owners and not having to go. So in, you know, in teaching all those things, We'd love to hire, you know, hire the recent grads because they have so much energy, right? And so much passion around things, right? But if we have to start from scratch and teach them every single thing, it's like nobody has time for that. You know, there's no time. Shifting gears a little bit, Dina, tell us, you talked about three three of the eight systems that you teach, uh, you know, marketing and sales. Can you give us some of those systems and then maybe some tips around uh, how to build those? Yeah, um, the first set of systems is the marketing. So there's marketing, target market, and sales. Three very, very distinct things, and it's kind of like a three-legged uh, stool. You know, I think everybody talks marketing, 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 but if you don't understand your target market, who they are, how they consume their marketing, where they hang out, what they read, then your marketing can be so ineffective. You can spend a ton of money on marketing and it doesn't land for your target market because you don't know them. They don't, you don't know who they are, where they are. So that target market, super important to have systems to understand them and be relevant and know them. Of course, the marketing system, marketing is an attraction conversation. It's all about attraction and building that like and trust. That's different than sales. Sales is a conversion conversation. It is all about the conversion. And so many people collapse those and they don't, they know it in concept, but they don't know how those systems look different. Um, You know, a marketing system has to be worked every day. You know, you're doing some kind of outreach to build attraction with your target market every day, you know, if not every other day. And you know that, and there's a schedule to it and there's a system to it. And there might be a team, maybe three different people are working on that. So that's marketing, reaching your target market. Sales, it's really, you know, I'm really passionate about sales and people being empowered around their sales because it is what makes our businesses go. You know, I'm, I love when people go from a place of like, I don't know my numbers, I don't know my sales game, I don't know what a sales system is, to I know my numbers, I know my game, I know what my sales system is, and I can train someone like that. And that is so powerful when small business owners can see that. Like, for example, a sales goal needs to influence your marketing. So if, let's just put a simple number to it, if I want to have $100,000 in this uh, product, let's just say this product I'm selling and that product's $100. Um, How many of those do I have to sell per year to hit my 100,000? Well, a thousand of those, right? Well, how many per month? 83, how many per week? 20, got it. We got a sales game, 20 per week. Now let's create a marketing outreach that supports this game of 20 per week. But most people don't do that. They do it the opposite way, right? Mm -hmm. 
So it's those three are super important. Um, then you go to the leadership uh, two systems. One is the leader, their mindset, their leadership, their vision. So having a, a, a business that is built on vision, values, and purpose, having a very clear leader with a very clear vision, uh, that's one of the systems, number four. Number five is the financial systems, all the ways that you manage your money, your budgets, tracking, receipts, money management, that's number five. And then the other three is quality um, uh, customer service, admin, and quality assurance. And customer service, you know, a lot of people don't think about customer service or quality assurance when they're super small. But what the like juicy little secret is, is if you do those two things well, you'll have, you'll get to spend less in marketing because it really is marketing. When you Mm -hmm. take care of the customer and the customer experience, um, I could put through every single one of my clients right now, kind of a customer service audit and they would, they would score an eight, nine or 10. It's a clear customer experience from the first phone call to when they complete that client, whether it's a remodeling company, it's a coaching company, it's a pool company, there is customer service in every single business that we have. So it's really important to understand how are we creating that customer experience and the customer service from the second they engage with our brand to when they leave. It's part of your brand. Customer service is part of your brand. I tell everybody, it is. it is how you show up. What do you, you know, what, how are you speaking? What are you saying? Right. It's everything down to the little stuff, like how they buy things on your website. Like, was it easy? Was it smooth? Or was it super frustrating? You know, all of those and all of it's built inside of your values. I believe hire, fire and lead by your values. Um, and so And that goes down to everything that you do. So customer service systems, admin systems, which most entrepreneurs completely hate, completely resist, but are so important. And then our um, quality assurance to make sure that we're doing a great job and where we're not doing a great job, we know so we can fix. So those are the eight areas. um, And I unpack them. I have a website that's eight areas of business, like the number eight of areas of business.com. And it just unpacks all eight. So you can actually, you know, dissect it. Yeah. Which is so important. We all as business owners need to consistently remind ourselves, we have to work on our business instead of just being in it every five seconds, you know, or have somebody else hold us accountable to be looking at it, you know, to make sure. And, uh, quality assurance and customer service, like you said, right at the beginning, it it doesn't seem to be that important, but it's critical because some of those first clients are probably going to be with you for a long time if you get it right. And they're going to be your best source of referral. It's easy marketing. You know, if you have good customer service and you treat your clients well, it's an automatic referral source. So it's really important to get that right away. Absolutely. Good. So if you could give, Suzanne, you've been doing a a lot of marketing for a lot of clients for a long time, and even, you know, writing um, for the Boston Globe, can you give us three, three tips, three 
things that people should be um, focused on when they're thinking of um, marketing success? Well, like Dina said, um, knowing who your audience is is really important. And one of the things I like to say is if we triangulate from what you have to offer, whether it's a product or service, and what you know, and what your target market is interested in, and then finding that overlap. You know, if you think of like a Venn diagram, you know, what's that overlap of how you can help them? I'm always in all of my marketing. I'm always going for value add. What value can we bring? So when we're actually marketing anything, um, Newport Interactive Marketing, we've developed what we call a tip card. And what that is, is our speaker will give a tip. So if your only interaction with Newport Interactive Marketing is just seeing something that we've posted, there's some value you can take away from that. And I'm always looking for, okay, what's that piece that we can help um, and help guide a better decision Because when you're making a purchase, when you're investing, it's really important to be informed. And I feel that the brands who are super informative and whether or not you are going to make the sale or not, right? Like if you're going to make a sale and somebody's not going to be happy, that's probably not good for your brand overall. So the more you can educate them, like this is what, this is what we do really well. So for example, Angles and Insights, we work a lot in health health, wellness, and education. And that just happens that, you know, we've also worked with startups. We've worked with um, international companies coming into the U.S. So our, our goal really is to be able to work with brands who are passionate about helping people and making their lives better, you know, so we're not like doing alcohol and, you know, cigarettes and stuff like that, but really, you know, like bringing broadband internet to rural communities things that, especially now, are really, really important. Those are things that we can be passionate about. Uh, But approaching, I mean, my, it was interesting. I did an interview this weekend uh, and the person I was interviewing asked me like, so you don't have a traditional marketing background? And I was like, no, like I have two journalism degrees. And so coming at it from the, from the sense of curiosity, and now I consider myself a brand journalist and um, figuring out, okay, well, what is it that that target audience is really, how are we going to help them? And, you know, ideally they are purchasing, they're working with our clients. Um, Our clients are providing the exact right solution for them. But even if they aren't, you know, we've, we've created value in the world. There's just so much, I'm sure everybody feels this way. There's just so much noise out there that I think um, life would be so much better if, if we all just kind of focus on like, what do I have to offer? And uh, so the book, The Go-Giver was one of the books that uh, I interviewed a 23-year-old accountant who has a significant reading habit. And uh, he was talking about the go-giver and how how that really changed his whole perspective on just life and his career and things like that. And I think I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. You know, that's something that I've applied through marketing and that's what I think marketing should be about. Yeah, it's the social impact, right? How are we helping people? And what are these, you know, what are companies doing to have that impact. I love uh, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's really clear, easy, you know, tips for business owners. And he talks about, you guys were talking about the personas, you didn't say that word, but <coughs> of people, but the psychotherapy, psychographics, right? Not necessarily like 
how, how, why are they buying from you? What are they investing in their lives? What are they doing in their lives? And why that would complement your values, like you talked about, Dina. So that's a good book. If anybody um, out there listening needs a, a you know basic, easy to understand um, marketing book, this is marketing. This is a, is a great book. Well, Kelly, I want to just say something about that, about um, impact. What I've seen when people are kind of scared or hesitant to market themselves, it's because they it's they're making it too much about themselves, right? And when you can focus on the impact you're making, the solution you have, and let that be the star, you know, it doesn't matter what you're selling, services, products, whatnot, it's helping another human being. And so I think that helps people like, it's not about you. You know, you're working in the business for the business. You might be even the spokesperson, but really what you're selling is the impact that your solution has. And when you really own that value and can communicate that with clarity, that's when, one, you're going to sell so much more, but you're so much more comfortable in your skin with your marketing because you're really selling this amazing thing that helps people. It doesn't matter what it is. So focus on the impact, focus on the solution you have. People buy solutions. And so when you can uh, communicate that, get that in your marketing, all over your marketing, and let that be the start, it it takes that pressure off of you. That, I call that, that put on your superhero cape. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing is really important. I love that. One uh, coach I had for speaking, because every time I get up to speak, <laughs> I get so nervous. I don't know what it is. I can talk all day long. And those, those of you who know me know, I can literally talk to anybody. I'm so not, you know, nervous. But the second I get on stage or on TV, you know, and see that red light, I'm like, it's just something. I don't know what it is, you know. Lori from our board, I, I had a session with her and she's like, stand like you're, you know, superwoman or wonder woman, right? And own it, but also come at it, like you said, from a place of teaching. Like, I'm just wanting to help. I mean, everybody who knows me knows, I just want to help people. Like, that's all I really care about. I don't care how I help. I just want to make sure I'm helping. And so if you come at it from that perspective, like I'm teaching something that hopefully you can take away and, and use and and helping people, then it just made me feel better. Like, okay, because I'm really not trying to sell. I'm really just trying to help people, you know, get the information. Yep. Come from that place of love and service and, and helping. You can't go wrong. I make everything better. Some of the most powerful conversations and kind of moments, again, when you're looking at long-term goal planning and uh, people have actually sat me down and said to me, how can I help? It's as simple as that. Maybe you don't know the answer to that, but that was one thing when I was working with grad students um, and undergraduates. Uh, if we, I, I realized, and which turned into the company, that I can teach them history or history of medicine all day long, but actually I'm interested in helping them. What do they want to achieve and how can I help them get there? Whether that's sharing my own journey, my contacts, and again, this all comes back to marketing and, and people and networking. And uh, my network is, their network is, is increased tenfold if it includes my network now as well. So it, it all comes down to those one-to-one really powerful interactions. And like you said, that very, very simple question about how can I help people? 
and being authentic, right? I mean, that was one of the other tips all time, you know, timeless marketing tips. If you're authentic and you, you know, you do what you say, you, you know, are who you really are. It, it makes us such a huge difference. But like you said, you know, there's, you don't really have to sell if you're <laughs> consistently showing up with your values, right? Makes it makes a difference. And Marissa, for people listening, if they have the the college um, or high school, can you give us three things that they should be looking at for um, either application management or um, job, you know either way, right? College applications or job applications. Can you give us a few tips for maybe for the parents to help them start, and <laughs> when they see that they can't help them, then they have to call you. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. So I think, um, let's see, I would say certainly, I mean, maybe some of this won't be that uh, exciting, but, uh, you know, start early, start early and, um, and have a plan. Again, everybody has the, the kind of goal and in mind, but where do you start? So start small and start early would be the first thing. Um, and start the conversation. I know it becomes an elephant in the room <laughs> a lot of the time because people feel or kids usually have such a strong reaction towards planning next steps. So keep it casual. I can learn from my own parents. There was very little pressure about it all, but um, but equally there was the idea that you know it's important, but it's important for me. And also keep it very kid centric as well. Um, make sure that to communicate that that this is in their best interest to be thinking about this and then to keep it positive as well. Uh, this is exciting. This is about, I often say to students, you know, college is the best four years of my life. I know it's cliche, but it's true. And, um, and, and how excited. I think I always try when I work with my students to communicate how excited I am for them and for the fact that they're starting this journey and how kind of special it is. So I think, yes, be prepared, start the conversation, even if immediately it's not well received, start it in a casual way and then keep it positive. Thank you so much. And moving to Dina with the three things, uh, you talked about the sales game. I love that because I've heard you speak a lot um, at a lot of different events. Tell us uh, two to three things people could be thinking about for creating their sales system. When you're creating a sales system, you want to have that goal that I was saying before, you know, are you, are you selling $100,000? Are you selling a million dollars? Are you selling $25 million, et cetera? So having the goal first will help you break it down. I'm so about having a big goal and then breaking it down. So, so, so good. So having the sales goal first and then creating a plan to attack that uh, goal. Um, one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give um, to the people who have service-based companies, you're not selling a product. Most service-based products have, I mean, service-based businesses have a consultation or an estimate, something like that. That consultation has got to be structured and consistent and powerful because that is the number one conversion tool you have in your business. So before that, they just have like and trust and they might hire you and then they go into a consultation. That's where the conversion starts um, and hopefully ends. They buy from you. They say, yes, I want you to remodel my home or yes, I want your college application services or your business coaching, whatever it is. 
So the biggest, one of the consistent things over 20 years that has not improved is a broken consultation where they're closing one or two out of five. You should be closing four or five out of five, or you have a broken consultation. Um, So that's a, a piece of having a very clear consultation that helps really move that client um, into what you're selling. Um, Again, I'm always uh, a big fan of authenticity. You're not pushing them into it. If you did your marketing right, they already came in the right client. You just give a really clean, clear, effective consultation that is easy for them to say, yes, that's what I want. But most people don't. So we clean up that consultation. I'm telling you, you you go from two, you know, closing two out of five to closing four out of five. You just doubled your business. Mm -hmm. So that's a really, really uh, effective thing to do. And then the third tip is make it easy for people to buy from you, whether they're buying things online or through a consultation or Amazon or whatever your thing is, don't make people work to buy from you, make it easy, make it clean, make it clear. And again, it sounds simple, but a lot of people don't, they forget to put a link or they don't tell you how to buy. (laughs) They make it really hard and it's five steps when it should be one. (laughs) So those are my quick and easy ones. Those are amazing. And I, one of my favorites that you always talk about is having, just having a link to your calendar instead of going back and forth 50 times. I did that. I did, you were going to say that's again. Yep. It's like, yeah, you can book me, Calendly. They're free. Yes. So quick, so easy, and a game changer. Um, and then also make it clear when you set it up what format that's going to be, whether it's going to be a phone call or a Zoom, yeah. you know, because people are busy. You know, if they're expecting a phone call, they're not look, maybe not looking at their email, especially working from home. Right. Just, this just came up today that was like, okay. Oh, I didn't know it was a Zoom or I didn't know it was a call. Yeah. Or you didn't send me the Zoom invite early enough. Um, Things like that. I think it's really important to kind of make it easy, get on people's calendars. Obviously things come up, you need to change it, but at least you have that placeholder. That's, that's a really important piece. Um, You know, and if people need to change, they can, but to really encourage that, that conversion point, you know, if it makes sense for your business that, that you need to actually get on a call or a Zoom, that's really, really important. Yeah, that's for sure. Everybody needs to know that. Yeah. Can you believe we're 55 minutes into an amazing conversation? Lots of nuggets. Uh, any, uh, Suzanne, any um, last few tips for emerging professionals, somebody maybe who wants to switch, you know, from something else into marketing? Um, especially now with everything, you know, going virtual or recent grads, do you have any last minute thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting because I've been doing a series of interviews with digital marketing experts. Like I said, I I had a great conversation with a 23 year old accountant, which is kind of like the opposite of marketing, but ultimately uh, he had such great insights and just an old soul. And I said, all right, I definitely need to get you on the podcast. So I've been doing these podcasts and Facebook lives so if you go to facebook.com slash own my ROI or, or go to www.roi in you, and that's the letters except for the I-N, 
there's so many great insights, like every conversation I've had that there's some amazing tips and nuggets here, just like today, um, that you can grasp. And, uh, you know, when you're walking your dog or like going for a walk, you know, or a run or, you know, to take the time to cast a wide net because there's so many little nuggets and insights out there. And it's so easy to get that. Um, one thing that Brandon, the accountant and I talked about, uh, this week was how things, how much more accessible all this information is like audiobooks, all these things, you know, when I was in college, like you went to the library you know, or you bought a book from like Barnes and Noble, like Amazon didn't exist. You know what I mean? So just take advantage. Another big thing is to, um, to start early and to be things take always seem to take longer than you think. So to start early and really be thinking, okay, what, like Marissa said, like, what is the next step? How do I move? I'd, I'd say move the ball down the field. You know, at the end of the day, if you, like, okay, it was, it was like a half a yard line. Like, all right, that's great, you know, because it's a big field out there. And no matter what your goals are, it's probably going to take a lot longer than you think. So to really get started early um, and it'll help differentiate yourself as well. Absolutely. So your website, R-O-I-I-N, and then the letter U.com yeah. is, is what you were saying. And then what's your email so everybody knows how to reach you? Yeah, you could do sue at roinu.com. Thank you so much. Sue at Angleson Insights. Thank you. I loved having you on. I loved working with you. So thank you so much for taking Yeah, it's been fantastic. You've been so extremely helpful just to work with somebody and to, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, of course, because it's like in my head. (laughs) And that helped translate. Um, you know, okay, this is where somebody else might have a stumbling block because yeah, of course it makes perfect sense to you, but also that accountability piece and moving the ball down the field, right? Like you just know, okay, we've, we've moved things this far ahead and that accountability piece, that getting things done piece has been huge. So thank you. Thank you so much. Marissa, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. So the website is forthcoming because I'm working on it. But um, so my company is called Corinthian Spirit Consulting. So probably the best way to reach me would be through LinkedIn. Um, or also you can reach me at uh, my email address, which I believe is going to be supplied at the bottom of the course notes or the uh, podcast notes. So that's Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-A dot B-E-N-O-I-T at gmail.com. Thank and yeah, you. It was nice to meet you. <laughs> it's lovely to meet you too. And I really appreciate this conversation. It's been really interesting and insightful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Dina, how can people get hold of you? Uh, website, Dina Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N.com and email Dina, D-E-N-A at dinapatton.com. Keep it simple. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Simplicity is key. Thank you all so much for joining me. It was such a lovely conversation. And I know anybody who um, needs uh, any of your services will definitely be worthwhile reaching out to you. So thank you so much for everybody that was on today. Uh, Before we end, I just wanted to let everybody know you've been listening to Collaborative Connections Radio Show and Podcast sponsored by KLN Consulting. KLN Consulting can continue to have clients do what they love and support they need because we offer business development, concierge services, and ongoing consulting, marketing, and project management. 
Tune in on the third Thursday of every month at 1 p.m. Until next time, happy connecting.